We spend team practice working on individual things. How many of you, raise your hand, whether you're in the car, you're working out, you're sitting at your desk, how many of you have run a practice or been to a practice where everybody just hits for an hour and a half? Welcome to the Elbow Up Youth Baseball Podcast. First-hand and real-time experience, stories, advice, and lessons learned. Some the hard way by me, a former player, lifelong fan, and now dad and coach. This is episode number eight. Team practices are for team activities. What's up, everybody? Happy Tuesday and happy election day. Um, We're not going to talk about politics other than to say, please go vote if you haven't, no matter who you're voting for. I think that's important. The other thing I would say is that no matter who wins tonight, baseball will go on. So we're going to talk about youth baseball no matter who wins the election and we're not going to worry about it. So uh, thanks for joining. And I just want to welcome all the new listeners. Um, It's been amazing over the last really month and a half or so um, how the the listenership, if that's a word, has grown. And I really appreciate everybody tuning in. I hear from people all over the United States, um, whether it be in a Facebook message or an email, a response to to the newsletter, just how... Um, something that I said impacted them. And, you know, to be honest with you, we're not necessarily changing the world here, but if one dad or mom or coach is impacted or is able to impact their relationship with that one kid, then certainly it's all worth it. So let's jump in. Today we're going to talk about team practice is for team activities. I want to go back to last week, though. It was interesting. I got a lot of pushback last week on my episode called Just Say No to In-Game Mechanics Coaching. And so I want to clarify a couple things. Um, At first, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the first time I've really had a lot of people say, wait a minute, I disagree. Now, I had a ton of people say agree. But more than ever so far, uh, I had a lot of people say. So I was talking to a buddy of mine. He said, hey, just because people disagree, that's okay. He said, that's actually how people start thinking about things. and, And they start examining themselves and what they do and that's how conversation gets started and I agree with that um and I don't want I don't want you guys to agree with everything I say that's certainly not the point I I'm no expert uh I've just been around a long time at the youth at the youth level and like I say the purpose of this for those of you new this is not to um accuse anybody of doing something wrong or call you out for just being wrong Uh, I have done everything I'm going to talk about and have talked about myself. And now that I'm going through with my second son, um, I'm just in a different position to talk about it. And I would say you probably will be too eventually. Now, there's going to be some people who always disagree, and that's fine. Um, But got a lot of pushback on that. So I want to clarify something. I don't believe that you should never mention mechanics during a game. Okay. There are several variables that impact that. Uh, One one of which is the age of the kid, right? So I'm going to have a different conversation with a more advanced player than I am a younger player. So we have a nine-year-old team and we're just trying to get comfortable, right? We're trying to get comfortable hitting live pitching. We're trying to get comfortable pitching the ball. We're trying to get comfortable um, knowing what, you know, how to hold a runner on. I mean, there's just so many things that are new to the game at nine. So I'm not going to talk to my, my son about his mechanics, his swing mechanics, or even really his pitching mechanics during the game you know I may say hey you keep stepping out buddy you know make sure next time you're not you know something like that but what I'm really talking about that you can't do 
uh, is when you are constantly critiquing every aspect or multiple aspects of a swing over and over and over during a game. It's distracting. Look, if you're if if in one at bat, you're mentioning more than one thing, they're not going to get it at in that at bat. Okay, I mean that that's the bottom line. Like you can argue all day long. Well, I want my I had I had a bunch of them. It was moms. <laughs> that was interesting. It was moms, and they said, "I want my son to be corrected. I want my son to be coached." You're not coaching if you're not correcting mechanics. No, 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 no. It's not that we never correct mechanics. It's when we correct mechanics and it's how we correct mechanics. And I go back to that. If you're, if you're having to correct more than one thing during an at-bat or more than one thing in a, in a delivery of a pitch or a series of pitches in a game, then it's too much. You know, eight out of 10 experts would agree. Call an expert whatever you want. But your eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 year olds not going to react well. You know, we're not talking about high, advanced high school guys where you have developed certain cues that you can say. You know, I want, I, I want to teach my kid so that if he knows he's missing up and away every single pitch, he knows what he's doing, he can make an adjustment. But I don't want to talk to him from the dugout and explain where his foot's landing. What's he doing with his front side? What's he doing with his, with his grip? You know, what's he. Is his leg kick too high? Is it not high enough? Is he getting to a, a a certain point? I mean, that's just too much, guys, okay? So I want to clarify. It's not that we never coach mechanics, and it's not even that we never do it in a game, but it has to be the right way, okay? And really the best way to do it is to video during the game and take notes during the game, and then you work on it after the fact, Right? So we can work on it at a practice. We can talk to a parent and say, hey, if you go to a lesson this week, here's some things. The best, Guys, the best feedback that uh, uh, medium, if that's the right way to put it, is video. Because especially the younger guys, they, they don't, they, they just, they don't feel it. They think that, you know, they, they need to see it. So for example, my nine-year-old, I've said this on multiple episodes, looks great on a tee and he gets in a game. It's like he forgot how to hit, you know, and we've kind of been going through this for the last couple of months and um, he is lunging, right? So, it, it, you know, instead of like a load or, or waiting on the pitch to get there, and it doesn't matter if the guys, if the nine-year-old's throwing 36 or if the guy's throwing 56, um, he's trying to go get the ball. He's trying to meet the ball like with his whole body, right? He's lunging. Um but he doesn't feel it. So we do it, we do it, we hit off the tee at home all the time and he sees it and he does it well. And so he gets in a game, but he's thinking about all this stuff, right? And I finally realized and internalized, Kevin, you can't keep telling him every pitch. So we've had to work on some things at home on timing, but the best way to get him to see it was video. So I just literally pull my phone out, video it. Now, last thing on this, and we're going to move on. Don't hit them up right after the game when they went 0 for 4 with three Ks, okay, with a video saying what they did wrong. That comes a couple days later. That comes after the, you know, they get home and they've forgotten about it. Whatever the case may be, you don't want to hit it on the way home. On the way home, it's, hey, did you have fun? I enjoyed watching you play and be positive, right? Now, um, <clears throat> I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about practice, right? So when we think about coaching mechanics, the first thing that we, it's like, well, okay, Kevin, if we, if we don't do it, in a game, then I guess we're going to do it in practice. And that's right. Um, but I want to talk about that because it's going to be different for every team. So the more practice time you have, the more time you can work on those individual mechanic 
type things. The less time you have, you've got to focus more on team activities. So it doesn't mean you ignore mechanics. It just means you have to get creative and you have to partner with the parents in order to get that extra instruction at some point and somehow. So let's, let's dig into that a little bit. Now, this idea also depends on the age. So all of you listening have to understand that if, if 10 of you called me right tomorrow, or if 10 of you are a premium member and you, and you hit me up in the Facebook private Facebook group and you ask me about how to run a practice and you're all like different ages and, and kind of skill levels, you're probably going to get 10 different answers to some degree. So you got to understand this isn't math like two plus two is always four. Uh, there's a little bit of leeway both ways, right? Or, or either way. Uh, generally speaking, though, I want to talk about practice. And I think um, many parents may disagree with this, but we practice way too little and we play way too much. Now, I haven't always thought that. I love playing games. Um, I think some of the fun, some of the most fun times that I've had as a dad and a coach were in like five, six, seven-year-old coach pitch, regular season, very little pressure. We just show up at the field. We're not playing for a trophy every night and we just play. Now, when I think back on that, the league that we played out of, typically there were three games a week, two during the week and one on a Saturday. Well, look, when you've got five and six-year-olds, you don't need to be doing anything else. But when I look back on that, we rarely practiced. Now, I would always have multiple practices before the season started, especially early, because I wanted to work on throwing and catching and getting guys in position. And we wouldn't even want to have some scrimmage games at that point so that like they could just see how the game worked. But when I look on, look, just think about that for a second. You got guys who have never played the game or just one or two years, and you're playing three nights a week or three days a week, and you may throw in a practice. Like once the season got started, it was very difficult because I felt like four nights, five nights a week for five and six-year-old was too much. I mean, I think most people agree. Now, we love being out there, right? But it's just there's only enough field space, and, and, you know, people are, quote, paying to play, and and they want to play. But thinking back on that, we just didn't get enough practice. And so um, I think that carries over into the older guys. But I would say for most teams, 12 and under, they don't practice enough. And I would say that most people that I talk to typically have two practices a week and then they play on the weekend. Now in the fall might be a little bit different. I think what we've we've kind of been doing one practice, one out a week team practice, and then we play on a Sunday. Uh, but when you get into the season, you know, then now everybody wants to play every weekend. So you're playing Saturday, you're playing Sunday, and, and at the end of the at the end of the weekend, you've got anywhere between four, five, six, seven games under your belt, and then you really probably should practice a couple times a week, right? Um, I, much more than that, I just think that that's my opinion. I just think it's too much. Now again. I, this I'm not saying your child doesn't like being out there, but I'm a proponent of doing other things. I'm a proponent of coming home and spending time with the family and, you know, uh, studying, playing an instrument, playing games, riding their bikes, you know, playing 
touch football in the in the driveway or the yard. So um, I just don't think they should be spending seven or seven days a week playing baseball as much as I would like to do that. However, um, when I say we don't practice enough, there's a lot of development that we're missing out on. So the biggest and most glaring thing to me is in the, the eight to nine transition and even going into tens after they've got nines, the game is changing so much. And um, there's just a lot of things to work on. And we can't assume that kids know these things. We can't assume that they're just going to pick it up. Now they will eventually. And sometimes it's the hard way because, you know, everybody else or these other teams have already learned it or they get to middle school and they were never taught that, but we need to be spending time at practice teaching the game. Right. So that gets to, and, and, and not just teaching the game, doing reps that require a team, but here's what happens a lot. And, and I'm guilty of this. Our teams have been guilty of this. We spend team practice working on individual things. How many of you, raise your hand, whether you're in the car, you're working out, you're sitting at your desk, how many of you have run a practice or been to a practice where everybody just hits for an hour and a half? Okay, my hand's going up. Um, Basically, everybody gets out in a position and then the coach or or even a player will pitch uh, and you do that for an hour and a half and you hit. Guys, and, and that's okay occasionally, uh, at certain ages, because I think even at like in our team at nine, they need to get some some live pitching experience. The problem is we're not able to, you know, we're not working on turning double plays. We're not working on bunt coverages. We're not working on cutoff uh, throws. We're not working on the right approach to a ball or the right angles in the outfield. We're not working on our relays. We're not working on um, how to tag, how to hold somebody on. We're not working on rundowns. We're not working on um, situational type things. And if you think about what I just said, all that stuff, go back over the last, if you're, whether you're eights, not mo- maybe not eights, but I, I would say some eights, uh, but definitely nine, 10, 11, 12, all those things I just said, the good teams tend to do those things better. I mean, everybody focuses on hitting. Everybody hit when they were five and they were six and they were seven and they were eight. Everybody throws, but the team's, you know, I, we, we played last week, and we were a pretty good defensive team, and, and, the, and the guy was talking – we played up. We're nine. We played in a 10-U tournament there. And, and, you know, I'm not saying this to beat our chest or anything. I'm just making the point that um, we make the routine plays. Um, we make the – we cover the right base for the most part. Um, we hit our cutoff men. We make the plays that we're supposed to make. Now, there's other things that we were exposed a little bit on. We had a rundown situation. We haven't spent as much time on that. <clears throat> We've got situational things that come up now that we're pitching and, and, and runners on base. That's another thing. Like, we don't spend enough time on that, getting comfortable. You know, we need to have first baseman, catchers, pitchers, second baseman, uh, third baseman, shortstop involved in pickoffs. We need to – we need to – pick somebody off and let it evolve into a rundown in kind of a controlled environment and then we need to do it over and over and over and over we need catchers to uh work on past balls and running to the fence to get it and flipping it to you know that's something and i just i just think about this in my head and and my team today is guilty here i'm talking doing this podcast and my team's guilty of this um i don't know that we've even practiced that like in a game we expect we get onto our catcher for not pitching it back to the pitcher. And I don't even think I've, and, and I'm not the head coach. I'm not even getting on. He's listening to this. I'm not getting onto the head coach. Cause I haven't even told him. I, it wasn't like I've been sitting around saying, Hey, we're not working on this, but like, those are things that we expect our kids to just know. No guys, that, that, those are things we have to do in practice. 
right? So the point of this episode is you, you may be thinking, well, duh, we're supposed to practice, but you need a practice plan. And typically what happens is it comes, there, there may be kind of a set thing that you do, you know, every week, but your notes that you take during games on the weekend, the notes that you take after the games, the, the conversation with those coaches after the game, after you've kind of thought about things, should create uh, some ideas and needs for things to work on at practice. And then you create a practice plan. This is what we're going to do here, 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 and here. You know, we're going to split up in this group, go here, and this group, go there, and this coach is going to work with that group. And you're not going to get it all in a practice. And maybe everybody's not going to get a chance to go through that drill. So maybe the next week we swap. But I'm telling you, we got to be more intentional with practices. Um, getting back to the title of the episode, team practices are, are for team activities. Team practices are very rarely for individual activities, or they shouldn't be, right? I see, though, it's the other way around. Most coaches I know spend more time on individual stuff like batting practice, pitching, individual just static ground balls where there's no situations and nobody else involved none of that should be the priority at a team practice now before I get a bunch of hate mail it's okay to hit a round of infield it's okay to take a quick round of BP I can remember I was in high school I was a senior we had a brand new coach who had played in college and it was kind of a culture shock and I and we would take I think we we were we divided up into into batting practice groups and there was, you know, three or four or five of us in a group. I don't know. We got like three rounds of five pitches. And I'll never forget this one guy. He goes, Coach, I'm never going to get any better getting 15 swings at practice. And the coach looked right at him. And he goes, you're never going to get better hitting at practice. And if you think you are, you're mistaken. He said, if you're not taking extra swings on your own before practice, after practice at home, that's where you're going to get better. And so, you know, again, depending on the age, I think if we're five and six and we're just learning, that's different. But when we're nine and we're teaching the game and there's all these situations and then maybe when you're 10 and 11 and you're kind of getting a little more advanced, those, those BP sessions should become much, much less common or less frequent. Um, you've got to encourage individual work at home. So the entire point of this, it's for two things. Coaches, you've got to plan practices around the team needs. Teach the game. Teach situations. Let the game play. These guys got to learn the game, okay? It's so much more. You know, we just got done with the World Series, and I love watching the World Series because I feel like, and I know every game is, is, is still nine innings throughout the whole season, but it, it's just this feeling in the playoffs, right? Every pitch matters. And you start looking at the situations and runners on base, and you start looking at with that runner on second and the ball hitting the gap in the outfield, what am I doing with it? Well, we can't expect if we can't ex, we can't be sitting in the dugout and that happens and we've never worked on it and we're yelling cut four cut four or cut two, you know are you serious like we those kids don't know that we have to teach it we have to practice it that's a that's a practice a team practice activity right turning two in the middle of the infield requires three people that's a team practice activity working on pitchers fielding practices and covering first and rundowns those are team practice activities coaches encourage and have conversations with your play with your players and your parents it can't be one it's got to be both and it can be separate but it's got to be both about this they need to understand this be upfront with them 
We're going to help your kid individually. We're going to talk to them about their individual needs, but we're going to spend the majority of practice time working on team activities, teaching the game. You need to spend time at home. Now, parents, you have to enforce this. And when I say enforce it, you know, my rule at my house is I don't, I don't, I don't tell you to go out and hit, you know, I've gone a week and my son, and it is some older son too, actually, but we didn't hit at all for a week. And I say something about it on the weekend and they're like, dad, you didn't even ask me. I'm like, no, it's not my job. Like I'm 36 years old. My, my time's over. I don't need to practice. If you want to practice and if you want to get better, then you need to make it a priority and you need to ask me. And anytime you ask me, we'll go, we'll hit, we'll throw. So I've really been working on that though with my younger son lately because, you know, he's not, this whole timing issue and everything, he's not going to get better at practice. And that's the thing, guys, we're not just learning how to hit. I think if, if, if I was to look at every individual swing of you guys, or your kids, and you were to talk to me, think like everybody's got things to work on. The problem is there's only so much time in the day and, and at practice. And so I, I would love more than anything to be able to spend 30 minutes with every single kid. I, I've been talking to our other coaches about this. We've got 11 kids that can, that are legitimate potential pitchers. I don't have the time as a dad who works full time uh, to, to do a pitching lesson every week um, with every single kid. Right. So we've got to figure out how can I instruct as much as possible, talk to the parents, support the parents, equip the kid with the knowledge that I can and then let them work on it at home. So, like I said, coaches focus on team practice, parents focus on personal development you know, it's kind of like teaching at school. You know, the teachers are going to give them information, but they have to do the work at home. They have to, to spend the time. It's the same thing with baseball. Okay. Now, a couple of things. How do we do that? So it, you're like, well, Kevin, it's easy because, you, you know, you might know a little bit about baseball or you have access to this or you have access to that. Um, you know, it's true. If you have access to either knowledge or maybe the financial means to go, buy, you know, get a couple of lessons a week or something like that certainly it's easier there's a lot of information out there though um, I'm working on some things now I've announced this a couple weeks ago um, some guides some documentation look I'm not going to say hey here's how you hit or here's how you pitch because there's so much of that available and there's to be honest there's so many guys that know more than me I do think though there's an opportunity for me to maybe have an episode where I review some of the top online teachers and instructors um just to kind of vet them for those of you that may not know who they are or where to even start. But I am working on just some real life practical guides, how to's documentation, things that, that you can use uh, to get the most out of your time, whether it be the off season for your pitchers, whether it be maybe an indoor practice where you, you know, have an hour a week. I know that's very, very common where teams will have like one or two hours per week as a team and that's it. So, to me, it's a there's a almost like a two pronged approach, right? We want to get the team together and work on some things, but then I also want to make sure that my my team goes away with homework, right? So what does that look like? So I'm putting some things together that will help with that. The other thing though is, what do you need help with? So if you think about your off season or you think about your own child or your team, what types of guides, what types of informational resources would help you? I'd love to hear from you. So reply to the email if you're listening to this that way. If you're not, go to getelbowup.com. Find the team practice podcast. It's the, first, it's the last one I did. Um, leave me a comment. 
look me up on Facebook at Elbow Up. The, probably the easiest way is to go to facebook.com slash elbow up. It's a page. You can send me a, a message on there. I get a ton of, of messages um, asking questions and giving feedback. So just send me what, what you need. I'll certainly do my best to reach back out and help you. And who knows? Other people are probably thinking the same thing. So I'd love to turn it into a future episode. And then the last option is you can join as a premium subscriber. So if, if everybody who's getting this through their email is already a free subscriber, nothing changes. If you're if somebody forwarded this to you or you found it on iTunes or uh, Spotify, go to getelbowup.com, enter your email address. You'll get notified for free, no charge, of every time I post an article and this podcast. Um, for $6 a month, which is cheaper than a coffee at Starbucks, you can become a premium subscriber. You get an additional podcast each week, which starts this week, actually. And I've got some really cool things planned for that, some some really cool interviews. Uh, I'll announce more of that as we get closer. Uh, you also get access to our members-only Facebook group. I think that's a really cool thing that we've started. And then also, you'll get access to any documentation, guides that I do moving forward, I'm working on an off-season throwing program, for example, now for 12 and under kids. That's going to be a really good one. But anyway, check that out, getelbowup.com. Totally free to get this podcast uh, and email every single week. Um, and then you can you know, join the premium version if you'd like. Thanks, guys, for listening. I really appreciate it. Share this with a friend. Share this with a parent. Share this with a coach. Send me some feedback, comments, suggestions, criticism. I love it all. I just like continuing to grow the audience and interact with you guys and understand what is going to help you become a better youth baseball parent and coach. See you next week.